You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. What's up? I'm Matt. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. All right, so welcome into the show. Long way to go with you here, just getting started. You know what, um, Roger? What? I am going to be in your neck of the woods tomorrow, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Manana. Manana. But I also uh, would like to make you aware that um, um, I have a new uh, feature in the Farm Bureau studio. Oh, what you got? I got. I haven't got my camp. You're a, you're broadcast streaming yet. All right. Well, see, I should. I feel like I should let you sort of um, get it pulled up so that then I can get your reaction. Um, and just see what you think. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. I tweeted out. Um, you know, join <laughs> <Hello>. us in the. <laughs> you got the Yule log burning over there. <laughs> That is fantastic. He called it a U-log. When did that idea hit you? That's beautiful, man. How could really seriously? Are you just blowing nobody smoke would or? nobody would have any idea that wasn't a fireplace sitting on. Well, there. let's see. In my microphone, actually here, um, it puts has, a little bit of that fake brick around the side of your TV. Screen. Yeah, right. Well, see, here's the thing. The all right. So to anybody right now listening on the radio, that's like, what in the world is going on? Okay. Well, this let me tell you what's going on. I have behind me what looks like a fireplace, a a, a brick oven type fireplace, and and it's even got volume. I don't know. It's a four K, four K fireplace. Yeah, you can almost hear. Does it, it make crackling. snap crackling? See, see if you can hear it crackling, Roger. See, you hear it at all? No, I can't hear it yet. Okay, well, my microphone's got. It's one of those deals on the microphone where it actually, you know. Um, it cuts out the background noise. Yes. Yeah, so we can't we can't build fires yet for lots of reasons. Outside in Lee County, we are still under a burn ban. Oh, really? Okay, until the twenty fourth of this month it is what it is. It just is what it is. We're under a burn ban, you know, until then. And uh, so, no fires outside. I guess if you you know you do, you just got to keep it a secret. Be very very careful. <laughs> Um, Everybody the, standing around the charcoal grill. Yeah, exactly. You warm your hands over the grill. So indoors, it's not really cold enough to have a bunch of fires, you know, going. 
So I've got the electronic type, the best yet. So anybody watching, it's not a real fire, but let's just pretend that it is. Let's just get warm and cozy by the fire today. All right. Need so some, Need some pumpkins and gourds. Hey, speaking of pumpkins, Roger, I saw a story today that from the New Jersey Division of Taxation, it's a tweet. Oh, God. Listen to this. Listen to this. What a title. The New Jersey Division of Taxation. They have a blue check mark, so I'm assuming it's a real deal. And they're... um, You know you can't pump your own gas there. We talked about that. Yeah, and Oregon also. Uh, It says, uh, we administer the state's tax laws uniformly, equitably, and efficiently. Okay. Listen to their tweet. Listen to their tweet. Pumpkins used for decoration are subject to sales tax. Pumpkins used for food or in food preparation are tax-free. So you better scrape that jack-o'-lantern out and make a pie. How about that, Roger? I mean, can you believe that? I guess they're not taxing food. (laughs) That's nice. I wish we didn't have food sales tax here. I know. That hits the, the poorest people the hardest. I know it. It it in that something though. So here's the deal, I guess to get around it, like how do you is there a way you can get around it? Is there a way that you can display your um pumpkin yet it's sort of used can you can you display it yet you're still going to use it for food so it's still tax free? That's what I want to know. I guess if you made a pot pie, pumpkin pie. Some pumpkin spice latte, maybe? Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Anyway, I saw that. <laughs> Decorative pumpkins, sales tax. They're not missing the lick, are they? They really aren't. New Jersey Division of Taxation. Pumpkins for food <laughs> are tax-free. Okay, so welcome into the show. Inauspicious start to the show is what it is. It's different. And so here we are with you today. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk Cowboys-Eagles. We're going to talk about an announcer in college football this past weekend said something during the broadcast, and some people were offended by it. No. Yeah. All he said was in regards to a play, Roger. He said he was on him like a hobo on a ham sandwich. And and guess what? Guess what? That offended some people. The hobos are mad? Or the, <laughs> is it the hoes no. or the bows? It's people on behalf of the hobos, you know. <laughs> So the, indigent, uh, the uh, indigent people. Yeah, right. Uh, coming up in hour number two today, Gabe Bach. We were going to have Gabe yesterday, but there was an Internet outage, and it messed things up on my end. And so we're going to try again today with uh, Gabe. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet is really high on the Florida Gators. We're going to let you hear what he said about that. There's a story about people going to jail for stealing $50,000 worth of cheese. And uh, a guy, an NFL player, was kind enough to get out, or not get out of his car, but roll his window down, Roger, to have his picture taken with a fan. And after the picture was taken, the fan sucker punched him right in the face and took off. Well, there you go. Now, <laughs> well, there you go. Now, so nobody, all that. That's why nobody wants to sign autographs. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, Internet, good to go. Let me give you an update, though. You know, I mentioned this yesterday. I was having Internet issues. And um, with all of my, you know, uh, phone service, Phone devices, iPads, and LTE service, I have C Spire. I tell you about C Spire on the show a lot. Uh, they are the number one network in Mississippi, and they sponsor the show. 
and, and do a lot of things in, in the state of Mississippi from a sports perspective. I've gotten to know a lot of the folks at C Spire over the years. And so, Roger, you remember yesterday I mentioned that. You know, I'm going in and out here, and the signal was glitching around and all these different things. And somebody texted the show on the text line at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, and said, hey, it, it was it was Jay Hud said, hey, I'm a C Spire. I'm going to see what I can do. So we got to email him back and forth. Somebody else, my friend Justin, who works for C Spire, uh, messaged him. me. He messaged me last night on Facebook. I think those two guys got their heads together. They emailed me this morning, Roger. And as it turns out, the map of where the current lines of C Spire fiber exist around my neighborhood in Tupelo are very, very close to my house and to our portion of the neighborhood. It is quite, it is possible. So if you get a petition going, we might go around and get enough signatures. In the neighborhood that, hey, if you'll bring the fiber in here, we'll all purchase it. How fast is it? I don't know what the process is, but it's, it's just cable. Well, it's just no, running cables. It's just fiber. Different. Don't it's say fiber. That. Don't say cable. Mm-mm. Okay, sorry. It's not cables. <laughs> That's it's fiber. Fiber, baby. It's fiber. All right, so fiber, do they put it in the ground? Yeah. Okay, so it's in, it's in the ground. Underground. All right. Well, it, by seeing the map, it really gave me hope. It gave me some hope. That we may be on the fast track to getting C Spire fiber in our neighborhood. And if we do, oh, Roger, you think I'm streaming stuff now. <laughs> Woo! Just wait. Just wait and see. Uh, real quick on the text line, 885 ESPN. Uh, True Maroon says, Matt, would you ever consider being a head coach or coordinator? If so, what side of the ball would you coach? I'm pretty sure I could guess, but I'm just curious. I if bet you, ever, but you're going to surprise him with your answer. Yeah, it says if ever offered. Yeah, you know, because I talked about it in the football dinner, didn't we, Roger? Yep. Uh, if ever offered a coaching job at state, would you accept? If offered a coaching job, yeah, you'd ha- I'd have to accept it. But I'm not going to be offered a coaching job because I'm not a coach. You have to have a background in it. There's so many other things more than just having a clue about X's and O's, which I don't have any experience coaching and. Many, many years ago, made the decision I wasn't going to get into it. One, I didn't want to get into a lifestyle where I had to move a lot. I didn't want to do that. And two, I wasn't then and am not now interested in recruiting. I don't want any part of it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to do it. It, A lot of it is, you know, recruiting, you go and, and you tell them how great they are and you love on them and put your arm around them at school and, you you tell them just how great they're going to be, and the whole time you know as soon as they get to college, you're going to coach their butts off and yell and scream at them and kind of de-recruit them to get them where they can play. And so I just don't want any part of any of that. But if I were to go coach, I believe I would go coach on the defensive side of the ball. I know I played on offense, but what I think is, you know, I'm a lot more familiar, I think, <laughs> with certain things that defenses do and the way they line up and what they need to do because that's what I always studied. As an offensive player, as a quarterback, I always studied defensive film. I'm always looking at defense. When I watch games on TV, I don't see the offense first. I don't see the quarterback. 
I don't see the running back. When I watch games on TV, when I watch them in person, the first thing my eyes go to on every play is the defensive front or the safeties, usually safeties, and then I look at the defensive front. Where is everybody aligned on defense? And, uh-oh, here's where they're vulnerable <laughs> right now. And so I think I would, I'd, I'd have a much better time coaching defense because I probably understand that better than I do a lot of things on offense. And then, you know, the other thing would be is maybe coach the position you played, but I'd get bored with that real quick, and you'd want to have another challenge. All right, uh, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line, phone number is 995-1059, the 601 number, 995-1059. It is Mountain Dog. What's up, Mountain Dog? So, you know, Matt, I'm trying to figure out, is C-Spire fiber as good as Kellogg's fiber? Because that keeps me quite regular. <laughs> Two different things, man, apples and oranges, but I hear you. All right, I'm one of those old-timers. I, I don't get these new words, man. <laughs> I understand that. What's on your mind today? So, so I have an idea for a show for you, a show topic, I guess I might say. I want you, because you break stuff down so well, I watch your YouTube stuff every week, but I was thinking of breaking down the reason why certain schools are really good at one sport and they've got a following and they have history. You know, Mississippi State is known for their baseball. That's just Mm -hmm. the way it is. And you have Alabama, and my brother-in-law, who's didn't graduate from Alabama, but he's one of those bandwagon fans. When I told him we were going to Omaha last year in Alabama, didn't even make the tournament, he said, Alabama has a baseball team? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. You know, it, it's almost like set in stone, and you're not going to change history. And, you know, I know there's reasons behind all this, but I don't think they've ever been laid out as to, okay, Alabama is a football school. Kentucky is a basketball school. Mississippi State is a baseball school. And here's why. You know, I've always wanted to take the time to really delve into that. But maybe that's something in the future you could, you know, you can kind of take a look at and educate us all. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, I, I think that it would probably take some, some, Research certainly, but also talking to some people who are really familiar with those schools and in history, you know, in some ways, you know, it, it probably just kind of happens at certain places. It's wherever you begin to have a little success somewhere along the way. Um, you know, I, I would think that coaches have a lot to do with it too, Mountain Dog. You know, you look at Rupp at the University of Kentucky basketball deal there, if Bear Bryant had remained at the University of Kentucky as their football coach. It, things might be different for both schools, you know. So I, I think right, coaches right. have a lot to do with it, also. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just so many factors, and at some point, I'd like for somebody to sit down and break it down. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's funny because we want to be a football school. Kentucky wants to be a football school, but in reality, they always fall back to the things they're good at. Yeah. And that's basketball uh, that's right. and baseball. But anyway, that's I, right. I'm just throwing stuff out there, spitballing, man. No, I see. All right, you good. guys have a great day. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, and that takes me back to something that um, uh, I heard at the end of Chris Brooks' show. Uh, Louvier texted in, and uh, he said that no coach in the world could make State a top-five program. He said on his text, it just cannot happen here, middle-of-the-road program forever. Just be happy with ten wins every now and then. The truth hurts, but it's still the truth. And, you know, that's saying you can't redefine yourself. And I mean, that's not true for individuals. And I don't think that's true for organizations yeah. either. Yeah. Look, had it been like a funding issue up until now? You could only well, afford to focus on one or two things. Yeah. Only one or two things was bringing in money. Yeah. That's what I would say is, you know, I still think to this point, you know, a majority of adults and grownups probably feel the same way that or think the same way that Louvier, Louvier does about it. Um, but it is, it is an outlook and an opinion from really 20 to 25 years ago before college football just blew up and exploded, um, on television. Therefore, in terms of television revenue for not only, yeah, conferences, but it filters down to the teams. Look at how many cable sports networks exist now. I don't even have an idea. I mean, compared yeah, to when to what did before. there was one. Yeah. So resources are not as much a stretch for everybody. Still, you don't have it. It's not equal. I mean, Alabama's got a bigger return, got a bigger you know revenue stream coming in on their football team, really for their entire university through football, than say State or Ole Miss do. But the numbers are much different now. It's the financial part of it is really everybody's got enough to do whatever they need to do. Um, also, you look at a place like Clemson, it, it really it, it requires – I know Clemson won one in 1980, but for a good portion of the time after that, just a very average football team in a small town, uh, foot, average football program in a small town, uh, don't have a 100,000-seat stadium. But really what it requires for any school any, in just about any place in the Power Five can pull it off is a combination of several things, and that is the right coach with the right quarterback, number one, paired with a recruiting effort that is breaking rules but getting away with it for the most part. That's pretty much what it requires. Now, not everybody can pull all of those off at the same time. But if you do or can pull all of those off at the same time, then you can get it sparked and stay up there. So it can happen. It sure can. Uh, Scotty on the text line says the burn ban was lifted statewide two days statewide two days ago. But if you burn in a barrel or something like that, it's not against the law, even with a burn ban. But see, I don't. Oh, wait a minute, Scotty. That's not true. That's not true. Not according to what we read. Not at that the particular burn ban. Not that one. Well, and he's right. They did lift it from a statewide perspective, but but several counties continued to have their own burn ban dates up until a certain point. Like for Lee County, it's up until the twenty fourth of this month. And I think a and, ban is like a that's a defined thing, and it's very specific on the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had you know, this on another show. Sorry. <laughs> right. No, it's fine. I just think that everybody that to get some clarity on it, like you did, Roger. You sent me to the Mississippi Forestry Commission website. You go there; it's really clear. 
bans lifted statewide. Here are the counties who still have a burn ban in. Here are the dates that it's expected to be lifted. Check this website for further updates. Basically what it boils down to. Fire pits can't do that, can't do a barrel, because it's yeah. the, just think about this. They're looking for things that emit embers yeah. that can get airborne. So That's right. Charcoal grill, not going to happen. Propane grill, not going to happen. Right. Wood, fire pit, bad idea. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, this weekend, and it really kind of starts tomorrow in Madison, Roger, is the Scarecrow Car Show. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing about this. Been hearing about it? Yeah. The Scarecrow Car Show. All right. It's like 450 cars in town and doing this big car show all weekend. Where's the main event? I know you're going to have some over there with you. Yeah, I don't know where the main event is. Tomorrow, I will be live on the show from 12 to 2 at Divinity Equipment, the Kubota dealer, Divinity Equipment in Madison, right there on Highway 51. And during that time, they're going to be having what's called this poker run, where they kind of go in and line up and drive through town and drive into places. And they're going to be driving into Divinity Equipment, showing off some of these cars and stuff tomorrow while we're doing a show there from 12 to 2 as a part of the Scarecrow Car Show Poker Run. So that's coming up, and I'm going to tell you more about what's going on at Divinity tomorrow. Y'all come see us, but put that on the calendar. Make sure you come see me tomorrow. Long way to go on this show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. listening to the Matt Wyatt show back on the show we'll take the uh, farm bureau studio with us tomorrow take it with us we'll set up the mobile farm bureau studio at divinity equipment in madison with you tomorrow there on friday bring the fireplace with you i guess i can't <laughs> i have to look and see the if, what's going on with the burn ban and uh in Madison. Yeah, I got the Scarecrow Car Show going on starting uh, tomorrow. And they'll be in town tomorrow. They're going to have that poker run where they will ride up and down the road and a bunch of them will pull in there to Divinity sometime between 11 and 2, about the time we'll be there doing the show with you. So we're looking forward to that. And there's a lot of things that are available to you tomorrow and this weekend and right now at Divinity Equipment. But what I want to tell you about right now is the Kubota Sidekick ATV. You've heard me talk about those before. You've heard Jonathan at Divinity talk about those. Tomorrow, you have a chance. If you've been thinking about getting one, tomorrow would be a good time to get one. In store, you can go in and with your phone have access to a $500 off coupon on a Kubota Sidekick ATV at Divinity Equipment. Then again, you'll go in, you got to be in the store 
to get the code to access it, use a coupon, get 500 bucks off. And a lot of times they'll let you drive one around and decide which one you want and all that kind of stuff. So that's another thing that'll be going on tomorrow when we uh, do the show out there. So really looking forward to that. You can be a part of this show several different ways. You want to tweet me, feel free. It's at Radio Wyatt on Twitter. You can text the show at 885-ESPN. Again, it's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And you can call me on that Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. You can be like Mountain Dog and everybody can hear you. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Feel free to uh, give me a shout. Hey, Roger, I got to tell you this story. This has nothing to do with sports, but just real quick, I saw this a minute ago. (laughs) I think I saw this on Facebook. Here's the headline. A dead man pranked his family at his own funeral by using a recording to scream, let me out, as they put his coffin into the ground. (laughs) This is in Ireland, okay? The guy's name is Shay Bradley. It's from Kilkenny, Ireland, which... Imagine living there and being a South Park fan in Kil- Kilkenny, Ireland. <clears throat> hey, Kilkenny. Kenny. I can't say what they say after that. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Yeah, Some people do anything to have the last laugh, though. Yeah, a man in Ireland got the last laugh at his funeral by pranking mourners with a message from beyond the grave. They were shocked when they heard his voice as his coffin was lowered into the ground in Kilkenny. There's a video. I watched it, by the way. This is not just made up. How do you up. talk a funeral director into doing that <laughs> without the family being involved? The family was involved. A bunch oh, of okay. a bunch of them. Not all of them, but a bunch so of them. So the widow's not fainting by the... Right. A pre-recorded message. Hello, hello? Let me out. Where the... <laughs> am I? <laughs> the recording said, let me out. It's <laughs> dark in here. And then he goes, you can hear the voice in that thick Irish accent. Is that the priest I can hear? This is Shay. I'm in the box. <laughs> it's cold. There's only cover on half of this thing. Right. Yeah. And so they're hearing that as they're lowering the, it into the deal here. So he recorded it a year earlier. His daughter, Andrea, told reporters that her father's dying wish was to have the audio recording played during his funeral. Recorded it a year early. Only the brother and nephew knew about it. And days before the funeral, the brother told the rest of the siblings and her mother about the, and their mother about the prank. And the quote was this. He wanted to make sure my mom would be laughing leaving the cemetery and not crying. They were married for 43 years. How about that? Do you know that they offer memory foam? inserts into these things you're kidding me into a coffin yeah are you serious for your eternal comfort come on man i'm not lying memory foam yeah google it (laughs) (laughs) very nice very comfortable okay i'm bad not bad gracious is it flammable okay i'll stop there i'll stop there all right um this weekend Cowboys, Eagles, Sunday night football, prime time. Cowboys at home in Dallas. Uh, Dak and the Cowboys have had, a, you know, they've won a bunch of games against the Eagles. Of course, the Eagles have the big win, and that was their run a few years ago to the Super Bowl, which they did win. 
And um, one of the things that is out there right now, it's been swirling around since um, the Cowboys have lost three in a row, the Eagles have lost three in a row, and right after they lost their third in a row, the Eagles, that is, their coach, Doug Peterson, is doing a local radio interview, and they turned these comments right here from Doug Peterson into a guarantee. The coach just made a guarantee that the Eagles are going to Dallas to beat the Cowboys. He guaranteed a win. This is what he said on the radio interview. You know, we, we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play. And we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We control our own destiny. We're right where we need to be. Has it been perfect or beautiful or all of that? No. But all we got to do is try to be 1-0 this week, beat the Dallas Cowboys. We're in first place. And, and listen, they're, they're, they're reeling, too. I mean, they're struggling, too. They've dropped their last three games. So uh, this will be uh, this will be an exciting football game. You sound very confident about Sunday, Doc. I have to be. I am. I I, I I see when I watch the tape. I put the tape on and I go, okay. There's there's coachable moments and there's teachable moments on the tape that. All right. So that's the interview. But the first part of it, they said Doug Peterson guarantees the Eagles will win this. You know, we, we're going down to Dallas and our guys are going to be ready to play and we're going to win that football game. And we're... there you go. There's this guarantee right there. So naturally, the reporters on the other side say, hey, hey, Coach uh, Jason Garrett of the Dallas Cowboys, did you hear about this, your coaching counterpart with a guarantee? Yeah, my response is uh, we're excited about the challenge. Uh, obviously, they're a great football team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to focus on ourselves and what we need to do to prepare to play our best football on Sunday night. Didn't take the bait at all. Is that a guarantee? You know, we, we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play. And we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We- okay. It kind of sounds like a guarantee. <laughs> Maybe he watched the tape, and he is so confident. It sounds like a guarantee to me. And, and in, in the pros, in the NFL, does that motivate the other team beyond what their motivation would already be? Honestly. Does it? Meanwhile, another thing swirling around out there in the media is this idea that the Cowboys are are finally fed up with Jason Garrett as their head coach, and they're going to move on. Here's Jerry Jones. I have felt that uh, we've got a lot invested in in Jason Garrett. He's uh, had a lot of years that uh, he's been a part of the Cowboys, and uh, he's evolved into what I think is uh, a top coach. Uh, he would be a very sought-after coach if he were out here in the open market. Uh, so there's a lot of pluses there. He brings a lot to the table. And uh, I can genuinely say that that is not a thought that I'm having. So it would be unfair to our fans to, for me to have any indication about what I may think the future is as far as a head coach. How about that? <clears throat> Sometimes you get that vote of confidence during the season. It works out differently afterwards. I know there were high expectations this year for Dallas, but for Philadelphia also, and they're both sitting there at 3-3 three and three right now in the year. Sunday night's going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch, though. We come back, we'll jump on the phone line, see what's up. Stick around. Back on the show. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go. 
with the home team. If you're just tuning in on the stream on Periscope or Twitter, you what do you think? Is that like a real fire here in the studio? It sounds like one when you put your ear up close to it. Hey, why not just create your own ambience if you don't have a fireplace? Just create one. That's all I've done. That's all I've done. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Let's go to the phone. Divinity Equipment phone. Jason, been hanging on for a bit. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. I just got to call in and respond to that dude um, kind of advertising that you can burn stuff in a barrel under a burn van. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I tweeted you some pictures, and we talked for a while about the wildfire that started right here across the road from me mm-hmm. back in the spring. And that thing started from a piece of forest equipment, like a bulldozer or something, hitting a rock, and it caused an ember. It would sit under the ground for about 12 hours until a, a breeze of wind blew it into a flame. Good grief. That's what caused that. And Now, you take a picture of a barrel, What's going to happen when you do that? It's going to blow all these embers up straight up into the air, and they're going to get carried everywhere. People back home don't have any experience with wildfire. The Forest Service doesn't have, you know, response equipment there. It's just really incredibly stupid to be asking, what can you burn when there's a burn bath? <laughs> yeah. it, it, the, the name, it, it means exactly what it says. Don't burn stuff outside. Right. Don't burn anything. It's for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, and, um, you know, you also, uh, the text also said that, you know, the statewide burn ban was lifted days ago. But while that's true, it's a little confusing because there are still burn bans in effect for certain counties in certain areas based on their own dryness and needs. Um, It's just not a statewide ban all at the same time, right? And so they put all that on the website. We were just trying to communicate that because... Hey, and listen, you're talking about like something creating this fire. I saw this video not too long ago. This guy made an example, Jason, um, linseed oil. If you've ever heard of people like cleaning hand tools or working on different things and using, like, take a rag and they soak it in linseed oil. Spontaneous. It will just combust on its own just laying around. Yeah. But he took, you know, uh, he soaked a rag in linseed oil, and pretended as though he used it or whatever. Stuck it in a cardboard box and just set it outside on his uh, grill, and and like four hours mm-hmm. later, the thing just burst into flames. I believe that they and if you'll take a like a pine cone or something with the pine, you know, the oil that comes out of the pine tree, the sap, sap, yeah, right, and put a flame on it, yeah. it will sit there and hold that flame forever. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's a big problem back home where if it ever starts, they're going to have trouble putting it out because of all the pine trees. All the pine trees. That's where, you know, you hear that term fat wood or mm-hmm. in the South, we called it fat lighter because, you yep. know, you take one little piece that's soaked with that pine resin. That's what sap is. And that's what you'd use to catch a spark. And that's what you'd start fires with because it would just sit uh-huh. there and burn and burn and burn. Yeah. So. You do have to really be careful with it. All right, man. Hey, listen, I appreciate you listening out west, and thanks for the call. All right, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Um, On the text line, True Maroon said, shoot, Jake Mangum committed to Alabama baseball for a while before he flipped, and that's true. 
But, you know, he's just a little bit of a different situation because, of course, strong Alabama ties. His dad played football there and and, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> now, Roger, I mentioned this to you at the beginning of the show. This kind of slipped through in, in a lot of places over the weekend. But, you know, Tim Brando, we have Tim on this show some. And he'll be back on again at some point. And his, his broadcast partner, they do a lot of the big-time games on television for Fox Sports 1, FS1. And Tim's color analyst for those games is Spencer Tillman. It's a name and a face and a voice that everybody recognizes in college football. So this was the Washington versus Arizona game back on Saturday night. And at a point in the game, something happened on the field. And and I watched the clip. Spencer Tillman said, yeah, man, Tim, he was on him like a hobo on a ham sandwich. Which, you know, I don't know if you find that funny or not. I, It's not something you laugh out loud about, but it's just a saying, you know, so what? Maybe they thought he said something else. Says like a hobo on a ham sandwich. Well, look at here. I've been transphobic. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's totally harmless. There's nothing to get upset about. Uh, Tim Brando. People looking out for the, for the, the, less, the, the less fortunate. Yeah. Thing. Tim Brando kind of chuckled about it. And then here comes Twitter. Here comes Twitter. People quoting him and putting question marks and stuff. And then here we go. Here we go. Here's Twitter's reaction to that. Some guy named J.P. Villanueva, quote, he was all over him like a hobo on a ham sandwich, quote, color commentary about a hard tackle. I'm not outraged, but it's tacky to make a joke about hungry, poor people. Oh God! Outrage culture. Uh huh. Here's another out. Here's another one. Here's another somebody. So this is a woman this time that says, "Okay, can we all agree that in 2019, a Pac-12 commentator should never say he was all over him like a hobo in a ham sandwich? And frankly, no one should say that again ever under any circumstance." I really doubt these people are actual football fans. I, I kind of doubt it also, Roger. I think there are people who have to watch it because of their spouse, and they don't like it anyway. I mean, it's... That, are they heard about it? It's not a little colloquial thing that is stuck in my head. I've heard that before, but it's not something that's, you know, I, it's just not, in terms what of about, my vocabulary, it's not stuck in my head. It's not going to come out. But honestly... You think he didn't say it'd be on you like white on rice. Be on be, like, uh, that that what they call that is white privilege right there. Yeah, white on rice is one that people say he's on him like white on rice, you know. And it's I'll be on you like a spider monkey. <laughs> I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew, but <laughs> you, you know, again, in a broadcast, he was all over him like a hobo on a ham sandwich. There's nothing and, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it, and and people are offended. People are offended. I think they jump on clever. Twitter. Jump on Twitter and say, and frankly, no one should ever say that again under any circumstance. Isn't it's it? It's people like her who are responsible for iHeartRadio. Let's have boring, bland descriptions of things. Yeah. How else would you say it? How else would you? Well, you could you could say, oh, see, he really tackled him. He hit him hard. Okay. Oh. But wow. and and no, just because someone else. Here's the other thing about it, Roger. Have you ever heard anything that you didn't agree with or didn't like? 
So yeah. the, the answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You've heard things you don't agree with and you don't like. On this station. <laughs> Have you, has it ever made you feel as though you should criticize the person for saying it and you want them or anyone else to never say it again? Not from a listener's point of view. From a management point of view, there's been things that might be, you know, like be nice to sure. listeners. You know, you ever been offended be. by something someone said? It's radically different, and no, no. right, yeah, offended by what they said, didn't like it, and feel as though it should be stricken from the English language. It see that's the thing to me. That's called dialogue. Yeah. We, uh, when you have two different opinions, you know, monologues are not much fun. Right. I mean, Rush Limbaugh barely pulls it off. And, you know, he's he makes right. a success out of it. But everybody else, you know, we got to have a conversation. But I'm going to run out here and I'm going to tweet that it's that it's terrible that he said like a hobo on a ham sandwich. <laughs> Maybe in their circles. I, I think just like, you know, guys joke that women don't dress for them they dress to impress other women you know i'm not it true or not but i think in the case of social media warriors like that i think that they're they're really just trying to impress everybody else in the echo chamber with them yeah yeah here's another idea let's let's instead of did this, i scare you with that analogy no I'm no no, sorry. not at all I, here's an idea though this is what i'm saying okay someone let's say someone says something that's much worse than hobo on a ham sandwich. Let's just say that happens. Somebody says something much worse. Or he slips out something that turns out, yeah, he shouldn't say it. Something insensitive. Right. Is Should that be a tattoo, in other words, permanent, on that person's character and public record for the rest of their life? Well, the answer is no. Right? Because even the worst stuff, even when it's egregious, even when it is egregious with ill intent, which is not even what this is, still, who who are we to basically brand that person in one of their worst moments and say, well, this is who that person is, and this is who they'll always be, and they should be a cast out for something that came out of their mouth. People who, have, who are that easily offended, I think they have some insecure areas in their own life. I totally agree. They're scared to death of everything. That's what it is. And people who are scared to death of everything uh, would really prefer that everyone else be scared to death of everything, too. I saw a bumper sticker. It was funny. It said, well-behaved women rarely make history. (laughs) That's wild. I don't know why that seems to fit the situation. Well, you know, hey, people who cause a ruckus That is who we remember, for sure. All right, hour two coming up. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.